Good morning, everyone, and, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we are finishing our reading in Chapter 6, Attack and Fear, with section 5C, Be Vigilant Only for God and His Kingdom. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lessons for the day. Um, today, lesson 73, I Will There Be Light. And Fran is with us this morning. So, Lori, let me ask you, do you have an opening for us to call this morning? I do. I'm really happy to find it. It's from Nick Sanchez in her book that's to be released, End of Death, Volume 3. And it goes like this. Presence in the peace of God is a state in which nothing is missing. There is no lack. There are no judgments of self or others. Instead, there is a deep, deeply quiet gratitude that radiates both inward and outward. This is the peace of God. This is our happiness, the memory of our single, undivided, an unopposed identity is returned to rest in our awareness. I will there be light. Amen. Thank you, Lori. Oh, thank you, Lori. Love that. Thank, thank you, Lori. Thank you. You're welcome. I was happy to find it. Thanks. Thank you, Lori. And uh, let's see. With us this morning and reading, I have Fran, Robin Marie, Karen, Lori, and Donna. And with us and listening, I have Harrison and Judy. Is there anyone else who joined the call and would like to say good morning or Join the reading list. Alrighty. I'll go ahead then. 
get us started with uh, with the reading for the day from Chapter 6, Attack and Fear, in Section 5, The Only Answer, Part C, the third part, Be Vigilant Only for God and His Kingdom. For your own salvation, you must you must be critical. For your own salvation, you must be critical, since your salvation is critical to the whole sonship. We said before that the Holy Spirit is evaluative and must be. Yet his evaluation does not extend beyond you, or you would share it. In your mind, and in your mind only, he sorts out the true from the false and teaches you to judge every thought that you allow to enter your mind in the light of what God put there. Whatever is in accord with this light, he retains to strengthen the kingdom in you. What is partly in accord with the truth he accepts and purifies. But what is out of accord entirely, he rejects by judging again. This is how he keeps the kingdom perfectly consistent and perfectly unified. Fran. T. Be vigilant only for God and his kingdom. For your own salvation... You must be critical, since your salvation is critical to the whole sonship. We said before that the Holy Spirit is evaluative and must be. If his evaluation does not extend beyond you, or you would share it, in your mind and your mind only, he sorts out the true from the false and teaches you to judge every thought that you allow to enter your mind in the light of what God put there. Whatever is in accord with this light, he retains to strengthen the kingdom in you. What is partly in accord with truth, he accepts and purifies. But what is out of accord entirely, he rejects by judging against. This is how he keeps the kingdom perfectly consistent and perfectly unified. 83. What you must remember, however, is that what the Holy Spirit rejects the ego accepts. This is because they are in fundamental disagreement about everything. Being in fundamental disagreement about what you are. The ego's beliefs on this crucial issue vary. And that is why it promotes different moods. The Holy Spirit never varies on this point. And so the one mood he engenders is joy. He protects it He protects it by rejecting everything that does not foster joy. And so he alone can keep you wholly joyous. Thank you, Fran. And Robin Marie. Eighty-three. 
What you must remember, however, is that what the Holy Spirit rejects, the ego accepts. This is because they are in fundamental disagreement about everything. Being in fundamental disagreement about what you are, the ego's beliefs on this crucial issue vary, and that is why it promotes different moods. The Holy Spirit never varies on this point. And so the one mood he engenders is joy. He protects it by rejecting everything that does not foster joy. And so he alone can keep you wholly joyous. 54. The Holy Spirit does not teach your mind to be critical of other minds because he does not want you to teach errors and learn them yourselves. He would hardly be consistent if he allowed you to strengthen what you must learn to avoid. In the mind of the thinker, then, he is judgmental, but only in order to unify the mind so it can perceive without judgment. This enables the mind to teach without judgment and therefore to learn to be without judgment. The undoing is necessarily is necessary only in your mind so that you cannot project falsely. God himself has established what you can project with perfect safety. Therefore, the Holy Spirit's third lesson is be vigilant only for God and his kingdom. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Karen, would you read 84 through 86? Thank you. 84. The Holy Spirit does not teach your mind to be critical of other minds because he does not want you to teach errors and learn them yourselves. He would hardly be consistent if he allowed you to strengthen what you must learn to avoid. In the mind of the thing is judgmental to unify the mind so it can perceive without judgment. This enables the mind to teach without judgment and therefore to learn to be without ju- to be without judgment. The undoing is necessary only in your mind so that you cannot project falsely. God himself has established what you can project with perfect safety. Therefore, the Holy Spirit's third lesson is, be vigilant only for God and his kingdom. 86. This is a major step towards fundamental change. Yet it is still a lesson in thought reversal, since it implies that there is something you must be vigilant against. It has advanced far from the first lesson, which was primarily a reversal, and also from the second, which was essentially the identification of what is more desirable. This step, which follows from the second as the second follows from the first, emphasizes the dichotomy between the desirable and the undesirable. It therefore makes the ultimate choice 
inevitable. Thank you, Karen. And Lori, would you read from, say, the Holy Spirit's third lesson in 84 down through 87? You bet. Let's see here. Therefore, the Holy Spirit's third lesson is be vigilant only for God and His kingdom. This is a major step toward fundamental change, yet it is still a lesson in thought reversal since it implies there is something you must be vigilant against. It has advanced far from the first lesson, which was primarily a reversal, and also from the second, which was essentially the identification of what is more desirable. This step, which follows from the second as the second follows from the first, emphasizes the dichotomy between the desirable and the undesirable. It therefore makes the ultimate choice inevitable. 87. While the first step seems to increase conflict, and the second step still entails it to some extent, this one calls for consistent effort against it. We've said already that you can be as vigilant against the ego as for it. This lesson teaches not only that you can be, but that you must be. It does not concern itself with order of difficulty, but with clear-cut priority for vigilance. This step is unequivocal in that it teaches there must be no exceptions, although it does not deny that the temptation to make exceptions will occur. Here, then, your consistency is called on despite chaos. Yet chaos and consistency cannot coexist for long since they are mutually exclusive. Thank you, Lori. And Donna, would you read 87, 88? 87. While the first step seems to increase conflict and the second step still entails it to some extent, this one calls for consistent effort against it. We said already that you can be vigilant, be as vigilant against the ego as for it. This lesson teaches not only that you can be, but that you must be. It does not concern itself with order of difficulty, but with clear-cut priority for vigilance. This step is unequivocal in that it teaches there must be no exceptions, although it does not deny that the temptation to make exceptions will occur. Here, then, your consistency is called on despite chaos. Yet chaos and consistency cannot coexist for long since they are mutually exclusive. 88. As long as you must be vigilant against anything, however, you are not recognizing this mutual exclusiveness and are holding the belief that you can choose either one. By teaching what to choose, the Holy Spirit will ultimately be able to teach you 
that you need not choose at all. This will finally liberate your will from choice and direct it toward creation within the kingdom. Choosing through the Holy Spirit will lead you to the kingdom. You create by what you are, but this is what you must learn. The way to learn is to in, is inherent in the third step, which brings together the lessons implied in the others and goes beyond them toward real integration. Thank you, Donna. And uh, is there a, a new reader for 88 and 89? This is Sandra. I can read. Great. Thanks. 88. As long as you must be vigilant against anything, however, you are not recognizing this mutual exclusiveness and are holding the belief that you can choose either one. By teaching what to choose, the Holy Spirit, will ultimately be able to teach you that you need not choose at all. This will finally liberate your will from choice and direct it towards creation within the kingdom. Choosing through the Holy Spirit will lead you to the kingdom. You create by what you are, but this is what you must learn. The way to learn it is inherent in the third step, which brings together the lessons implied in the others and goes beyond them towards real integration. 89. If you allow yourselves to have in your minds only what God put there, you are acknowledging your mind as God created it. Therefore, you are accepting it as it is. Since it is whole, you are teaching peace because you believe in it. The final step will still be taken for you by God, but by the third step, the Holy Spirit has prepared you for God. He is getting you ready for the translation of having into being by the very nature of the steps you must take with him. Thank you, Sandra. And is there another new reader for 89 and 90? Another new reader for 89 and 90? It's Harrison. If you allow yourselves to have in your minds only what God put there, you are acknowledging your mind as God created it. Therefore, you are accepting it as it is. Since it is whole, you are teaching peace because you believe in it. The final step will still be taken for you by God. 
But the third step, the Holy Spirit has prepared you. But by the third step, the Holy Spirit has prepared you for God. He is getting you ready for the translation of having into being. By the very nature of the steps, you must take with him. Ninth, you learn first that having rests on giving and not on getting. Next, you learn that you learn what you teach and that you want to learn peace. This is the condition for identifying with the kingdom since it is the condition of the kingdom. You have believed that you are without the kingdom and have therefore excluded yourself from it in your belief. It is therefore essential to teach you that you must be included and that the belief that you are not is the only thing that you must exclude. Thank you, Harrison. And is there another new reader for 90 and 91? Judy? Yes, thank you. Go ahead, Judy. You learn first that having rests on giving and not get on getting. Next, you learn what you teach and that you want to learn peace. You learn that what you teach and that you want to learn peace. This is the condition for identifying with the kingdom since it is the condition of the kingdom. You have believed that you are without the kingdom and have therefore excluded yourself from it in your belief. It is therefore essential to teach you that you must be included and that the belief that you are not is the only thing you must exclude. The third step is thus one of protection for your mind, allowing you to identify only with the center where God placed the altar to himself. We have already said that altars are beliefs, but God and his creations are beyond belief. Beyond question, right? I skipped a line. But God and his creations are beyond belief because they are beyond question. The voice for God speaks only for belief beyond question, which is the preparation for being without question. As long as the belief in God and his kingdom is assailed, by any doubts in your mind. His perfect accomplishment is not apparent to you. This is why you must be vigilant 
on God's behalf. The ego speaks against his creation and therefore does engender doubt. You cannot go beyond belief until you believe fully. Wow, thank you very much. Well, thank you, Judy. And is there another new reader for 91 and 2? Another new reader for 91 and 2? Okay, back to you, friend. 91. The third step is thus one of protection for your minds, allowing you to identify only with the center where God placed the altar to himself. We have already said that altars are beliefs, but God and his creations are beyond belief because they are beyond question. The voice for God speaks only for belief beyond question, which is the preparation for being without question. As long as belief in God and his kingdom is assailed by any doubts in your minds, his perfect accomplishment is not apparent to you. This is why you must be vigilant on God's behalf. The ego speaks against his creation and therefore does engender doubt. You cannot go beyond belief until you believe fully. 92. Transfer, which is extension, is a measure of learning because it is its measurable result. This, however, does not mean that what it transfers to is measurable. On the contrary, unless it transfers to the whole sonship, which is immeasurable because it was created by the immeasurable, the learning itself must be incomplete. To teach the whole sonship without exception demonstrates that you perceive its wholeness and have learned that it is one. Now you must be vigilant to hold its oneness in your minds because if you let doubt enter, you will lose awareness of its wholeness and will be unable to teach it. Thank you, Fran. And Robin Murray? I need to transfer, which is extension, is a measure of learning because it is its measurable result. This, however, does not mean that what it transfers to transfers to is measurable. On the contrary, unless it transfers to the whole sonship, which is immeasurable because it was created by the immeasurable, the learning itself must be incomplete. To teach the whole sonship without exception demonstrates that you perceive its wholeness and have learned that it is one. Now you must be vigilant to hold its oneness in your mind because if you let doubt enter, you will lose awareness of its wholeness and will be unable to teach it. 
93. The wholeness of the kingdom does not depend on your perception, but your awareness of its wholeness does. It is only your awareness which needs protection, since your being cannot be assailed. Yet a real sense of being cannot be yours while you are doubtful of what you are. This is why vigilance is essential. Doubts about being must not enter your mind, or you cannot know what you are with certainty. Certainty is of God for you. Vigilance is not necessary for truth, but it is necessary against illusions. Thank you, Robin, Marie, and Karen. 93. The wholeness of the kingdom does not depend on your perception, but your awareness of its wholeness does. It is only your awareness which needs protection, since you, your being, cannot be assailed. Yet a real sense of being cannot be yours while you are doubtful of what you are. This is why vigilance is essential. Doubts about being must not enter your mind, or you cannot know what you are with certainty. Certainty is of God for you. Vigilance is not necessary for truth, but it is necessary against illusions. 94. Truth is without illusions and therefore within the kingdom. Everything outside the kingdom is illusion. But you must learn to accept truth because you threw it away. You therefore saw yourself as if you were without it. By making another kingdom which you valued, you did not keep only the kingdom of God in your minds and thus placed part of your mind outside of it. By making, I'm going to reread that because by making another kingdom which you valued, you did not keep only the kingdom of God in your mind and thus place part of your mind outside it. What you have made has thus divided your will and given you a sick mind which must be healed. Your vigilance against sick, this sickness is the way, way to heal it. Once your mind is healed, it radiates health and thereby teaches healing. This establishes you as a teacher who teaches like me. Vigilance was required of me as much as of you. But remember that those who will to teach the same thing must be in agreement about what they believe. Thank you, Karen. And Lori. Truth is without illusions and therefore within the kingdom. Everything outside the kingdom is illusion, but you must learn to accept truth because you threw it away. You therefore saw yourself as if you were without it. By making another kingdom which you valued, you did not keep only the kingdom of God in your minds and thus place part of your mind outside it. 
What you've made has thus divided your will and given you a sick mind, which must be healed. Your vigilance against this sickness is the way to heal it. Once your mind is healed, it radiates health and thereby teaches healing. This establishes you as a teacher who teaches like me. Vigilance was required of me as much as of you, but remember that those who will to teach the same thing must be in agreement about what they believe. 95. The third step, then, is a statement of what you want to believe and entails a willingness to relinquish everything else. I told you that you were just beginning the second step, but I also told you that the third one follows it. The Holy Spirit will enable you to go on if you follow him. The vigilance is the sign that you want him to guide you. Vigilance does not require effort, but only to teach you that effort itself is unnecessary. You have exerted great effort to preserve what you have made because it was not true. Therefore, you must now turn your effort against it. Only this can cancel out the need for effort and call upon the being which you both have and are. This recognition is wholly without effort since it is already true and needs no protection. It is in the perfect safety of God. Therefore, inclusion is total and creation is without limit. Thank you, Lori. And Harrison. The third step, then, is a statement of what you want to believe and entails a willingness to relinquish everything else. I told you that you were just beginning the second step, but I also told you that the third one follows it. The Holy Spirit will enable you to go on if you follow him. Your vigilance is the sign that you want him to guide you. Vigilance does require effort, but only to teach you that effort itself is unnecessary. You have exerted great effort to preserve what you made because it was not true. Therefore, you must now turn your effort against it. Only this can cancel out the need for effort and call upon the being which you both have and are. This recognition is wholly without effort, since it is already true and needs no protection. It is in the perfect safety of God. Therefore, inclusion is total and 
Thank you, Harrison. And reading. And for a summary, a brief summary here, I'm going to just turn to a few paragraphs. And, uh, I think I'll start with 89, which starts with the third step here, which we read today. 89, if you allow yourselves to have in your mind only what God put there, you are acknowledging your mind as God created it. Therefore, you are accepting it as it is. Since it is whole, you are teaching peace because you believe in it. The final step will still be taken for you by God, but but by the third step, the Holy Spirit has prepared you for God. He is getting you ready for the translation of having into being by the very nature of the steps you must take with him. Okay. The recap of all of chapter section five, the only answer there. Ninety, you learn first that having rests on giving and not on getting. And first step To have, give all to all. You learn first that resting gives on giving and not on getting. Next you learn that you learn what you teach and that you want to learn peace. The second step is to have peace, teach peace to learn it. You learn that you learn what you teach and that you want to learn peace. This is the condition for identifying with the kingdom since it is the condition of the kingdom. You have believed that you are without the kingdom and have therefore excluded yourself from it in your belief. It is therefore essential to teach you that you must be included and that the belief that you are not is the only thing you must exclude. The third lesson. Be vigilant only for God and his kingdom. The third step is thus one of protection for your mind, allowing allowing you to identify only with the center where God placed the altar to himself. We have already said that altars are beliefs, but God and his creation are beyond belief because they are beyond question. The voice for God speaks only for belief beyond question, which is the preparation for being without question. As long as belief in God and his kingdom is assailed by any doubts in your mind, his perfect accomplishment is not apparent to you. 
This is why you must be vigilant on God's behalf. You cannot go beyond belief until you believe fully. And one last one last paragraph in summary, paragraph 50, well, the only answer. Here then, the one answer of the Holy Spirit to all the questions which the ego raises. You are a child of God, a priceless part of his kingdom, which he created as part of him. Nothing else exists, and only this is real. You have chosen the sleep in which you have had bad dreams, but the sleep is not real, and God calls you to awake. There will be nothing left of your dream when you hear him, because you will be awake. Your dreams have contained many of the ego's symbols, and they have confused you, yet that was only because you were asleep and did not know. When you awake, you will see the truth around you and in you, and you will no longer believe in dreams because they will have no reality for you. Yet, the kingdom and all that you have created there will have great reality for you because they are beautiful and true. In the kingdom, where you are and what you are is perfectly certain. There is no doubt there because the first question was never asked. Having finally been wholly answered, it has never been. Being, being alone lives in the kingdom where everything lives in God without question. The time that was spent on questioning in the dream has given way to creation and to its eternity. And so I would like to turn to you now, Fran, and ask, ask that you lead the lesson, 73. I will there. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Lemoyne. Hi, everybody. <laughs> We go ahead. Another thank you. <laughs> we are in the first part of the workbook, and today we're on lesson 73. Um, and I will read some from the lesson. I will there be light. Today, we are considering the will you share with God. The will you share with God has all the power of creation in it. The ego's idle wishes are unshared and therefore have no power. They make nothing that is real. Idle wishes and grievances are partners or co-makers in picturing the world you see. Beholding them, you do not know your brothers or your capital S self. Your will is lost to you in the strange bartering in which guilt is traded back and forth and grievances increase with each exchange. Can such a world have been created by the will the Son of God shares with his Father? Today, we will try once more to reach the world that is in accordance with your will. The light 
is in it because it does not oppose the will of God. It is not heaven, but the light of heaven shines on it. Darkness has vanished. The ego's idle wishes have been withdrawn. Yet the light which shines upon this world reflects your will. And so it must be in you that we will look for it. Grievances darken your mind and you look out on a darkened world. Forgiveness lifts the darkness, reasserts your will, and lets you look upon a will of light. We will succeed today if you remember that you will salvation for yourself. Salvation is for you. Above all else, you want the freedom to remember who you really are. Today, it is the ego which stands powerless before your will. Your will is free, and nothing can prevail against it. No idle wishes can detain us nor deceive us with an illusion of strength. Today, let your will be done. We will begin our longer practice periods with the recognition that God's plan for salvation and only his is wholly in accord with your will. You will succeed today. The time appointed for the release of the Son of God from hell and from all idle wishes. After reminding yourself of this and determining to keep your will clearly in mind, tell yourself with gentle firmness and quiet certainty, I will there be light. Let me behold the light that reflects God's will and mine. In the shorter practice periods, again, make a declaration of what you really want. Say, I will there be light. Darkness is not my will. This should be repeated several times an hour. This will help you let your grievances go instead of cherishing them and hiding them in the darkness. And we will take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 73, I will there be light. Today, we are considering the will you share with God. The will you share with God has all the power of creation in it. Lesson 73, I will there be light. Amen. Amen. Thank you, you, friends. Amen. Thank you, friends. 
Thank you, Fran. It's beautiful. It's so good to have you here. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you. Good morning, this is Sandra, <clears throat> and I will there be light, um, and then the reading is, be vigilant only for God and his kingdom, is a way for me to take this egoic world and transmute it simply by saying these words. I will there be light. Now, another way for me to do that is to actually call on the Holy Spirit um, and ask to be shown the truth. But this is um, telling me about full integration. Um, and I sometimes say that this is this earth, this planet is the school for to become the Holy Spirit. It's Holy Spirit school. Because the ultimate uh, goal for me is to be the Holy Spirit here on this planet. Right now, I have the Holy Spirit as, the, as a comforter and as a transmuter for myself. But this is saying that now I will be the Holy Spirit, and comfort and transmute the world. And I'm told that I came here to um, co-create a whole new world Um, because this world is based in lies and the world that I'm co-creating is based in the truth of who I am. And the truth of who I am is that I am a Holy Spirit. I am spirit. I'm not a body. But if I am spirit and I don't know my connection to my creator, then I'm, then I'm sort of a loose cannon. I have to know that I am the Holy Spirit, but I can't do it without my relationship with my creator. Because that is my role model is my relationship with my creator. So this for me is about full integration and um, there's just so much good stuff in here. Um, The final step will still be taken for you by God, but by the third step, the Holy Spirit has prepared you for God. He is getting you ready for the translation of having into being by the very nature of the steps you must take with him. So 
for me, this is about me actually being the Holy Spirit and commanding that I will there be light when I'm in um, some kind of egoic place. <laughs> it's, a com- it's, it's a way to command myself to be vigilant, notice what I'm thinking, and transmute it immediately by saying, I will there be light. I'm complete. Thank you, Sandra. Yeah, thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Yeah, I love this this whole section, the, the lessons of the Holy Spirit. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for being here. The, um, the nature of, of the lessons, um, of the steps, the three steps in, in proceeding from um, the reversal of the thought system of the ego and then um, becoming like my creator, giving all to all, um, the cessation of, of giving to get, which is still a part of the reversal of the thought system of the ego that we give to keep, we give to strengthen, and um, what we give are are spiritually discerned gifts. They're not material gifts. This is where the investment in the ego's thought system starts to loosen from from my mind, that I don't value, um, you know, my body or um, what makes it comfortable not that I don't. We certainly still do all take care of ourselves in our homes and everything, but the spirit, spiritual discernment becomes more and more and more um, important. And um, then the vigilance. I've got, this, I've got this thing that I do with egoic thoughts. Anything that, um, you know, wants to uh, sound a complaint or... Um, whine or murmur or be irritated, you know, I, I say on whose behalf are these thoughts arising? And, and then I laugh and I say, really, Jude, you know, where this will get you, you know. So this um, being vigilant on behalf of God's mind, God's thoughts, thinking thoughts that are like God, thinking thoughts that are worthy of God, only those kinds of thoughts are worthy worthy of my mind being. And this, I love to share, Sandra, because I think this is a distinction that I'm more clearly making for myself, that salvation is from the perceptions of the ego and the perceptions of being separate. And that's what the undoing is about. And enlightenment is actually coming to having and being one with God, which is a total demolition of this of the ego it's 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 not being on the fence anymore it's holy and purely completely one mindedness with god and that's what where the light the light is all light and there's no darkness within me whatsoever there's not one unloving thought there's not one thought that's in opposition to giving freedom to anything or anybody to be who and what they are because I know they're all, all, all aspects of God, God being all in all. And that's the 
peace of God, that light of understanding that the totality is much greater, way beyond, it's immeasurable. I love this word immeasurable. It doesn't, it doesn't occur in, in the Course very often, but um, the words like infinite, without limit, um, you know, um, limitlessness, boundaryless, um, immeasurable um, is beyond the mind, beyond belief, and that's God taking the last step. He 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 knows I'm ready and I'm prepared and I can handle it. <laughs> I want, I'm ready to die. I'm absolutely ready to die, and um, there's no fear in it. I'm going to love completely without fear, without doubt without any doubt at all that this is my will because I love and trust my creator. I love and trust love. Oh, that's long enough, too. Thank you so much for being here and sharing this beautiful book with me. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. And isn't it great the only thing that ever dies is the ego body illusion? Punctuation mark. (laughs) Thanks, Judy. Yeah. Thank Great you, Judy. Point. Thank you, Judy. Good morning, Karen. Um, I will there be light. So in my practice this morning, I started singing, I will there be light, I will there be light, my will is one with God, I will there be light. And then I was thinking about our reading today and um, I have give all to all peace only peace and that's how you learn peace I will there be light I will there be peace so to be peace I took a a note to be peace I have to have peace to be peace first I have to have it I have to cultivate having it and believing that I have it and then eventually I'll come into being it. Um, I don't know why this thing is happening, but when I start to share, I lose my whole, I lose my whole chain of thought these days. So I have to want to believe it fully. Um, it's beautiful how it said in the reading today that the Holy Spirit works individually with our minds. I thought that was meaningful because. Um, He works with each of, each of us. It's not transferable to everything. It's, it's individualized. Um, having peace into being peace. Have to have peace to become peace. And I have to believe that I am peace. I have to believe I am as God created me. I have to believe that I am the light of the world. And I have to identify with the kingdom and the condition of the kingdom, which is love, peace, and light. I will there is light. I have to be vigilant. I have to be vigilant all day long because my effort is is against illusions. My effort is at my illusions, not the truth. And once 
I can clear my illusions, then I won't need any effort at all because I'll just rest in the truth and then I'll be it. But until I can get there, there's a need for vigilance because not all of me is convinced all the time that I am the light of the world or that I am light. So anyway, I'm going back to this little ditty that I'm singing all day long. I will there be light. I will there be light. My will is one with God's. I will let no darkness in. There is no darkness. I will there be light. I am one with God. My will is one with God's. I was singing all weekend. I, um, all that I have, all that I am, all that I'll ever be, I offer now to thee. Take and sanctify these gifts for thy honor, Lord, knowing that to love and serve you is its own reward. All that I am, all that I do, all that I ever, I'll ever be, I offer now to you. Incomplete. Oh, what a gift. What a gift. Thank you, Karen. Beautiful. Yes, I feel it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Karen. That clear emphasis on only vigilance for God. And thank you. Yeah, that, that, um, that undoing of the ego, it's something I learned very simply in, in the 12 steps. You know, that I'm powerless over people, places, and things in the world. I have no control over them, and it's not my job to fix them or change them or to, or to um, even decide whether they're right or wrong. And that, um, you know, the insanity of the ego thinks that it is its job to figure everything out and um, make everything all right. When in, in, the, in the third step that the will of God is what's happening, the totality of the will of God is what's happening, and, and that includes me, Jude, and everyone else individually. And I think that um, what you just shared, Karen, about individually getting ourselves in accord with the one will of God, which is what's happening in the totality of the curriculum, that the curriculum is what's happening, and that the ego is in what's oppositional at war with it, and that's what I'm undoing. I'm cease fighting anything or anybody, including myself, and I welcome gently with love and understanding my opposition to stuff and wanting things to be other than what it is. It is. God is. And that's the truth, the reality of what is happening every day. That's life. It's life. It's real. It's happening. It's God. And I'm either one and in harmony with it and in accord with it, no matter what's happening. I don't get, God doesn't ask me my opinion about it. <laughs> he just asks me to accept it, everything as a gift. Everything is given. 
including this body, this life, and everything we're learning and can learn about being one with him, which is the greatest. I'm done. The end. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Judy. I just was thinking how it was, I will there be light, and then, oh, it's that little bit of willingness, and God does the rest because he is light. So, so all I have to do is, well, ask that. You know, and there there it is. We are in his presence. Thank you. Always. Thank you, Robin Marie. Thank you, Robin Marie. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Robin Marie. Always already present. Always already present in everything, everywhere. And that's the wonder... That's being childlike, I think. Wonder and amazement. Amen. Thank you. I think having having trials and tribulations help us to understand that what appears as as um, a grievance or something really unpleasant or really bad happening, it's always a flip side of the coin to that that God's in there getting getting Himself known simply by being there within it. That's why there is. No darkness anywhere, because God's always in everything, bringing the light, bringing everything to the light. So the darkness isn't just thinking it's dark, thinking it's evil, thinking it's bad. I'm sorry I'm talking too much. I'll be still now. Thanks, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thanks, Judy. And no, you you don't talk too much. We love to hear you talk. <laughs> Thank you. I agree. Never talk too much. <laughs> you don't. I love your love and kindness. Thank you. <laughs> I like what you said, Jude, about the darkness thinking that it's bad. You know, that in the, in for me, this a lot of uh, what's been happening is for me to include the darkness that there is no bad, because otherwise creation is not infinite; it's not limitless. It has to include everything. It's 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 what we do with it, which is we judge it and then we make it bad and then it becomes bad you know if we didn't judge the darkness and just accepted it and allowed it and knew that it was going to turn into the light that's just the natural um creative cycle is you know everything keeps turning into everything the yin turns into yang and the yang turns into yin 
it expands, it contracts, the darkness turns into... It's all part of the creative process. So I, I really appreciate you saying that. I'm complete. Thanks, Sandra. Good morning, everyone. This is Lori. And what you're talking about here um, puts me in mind of, of a teaching that um, is probably pretty universal but I was listening to the other day and it was something like this the soul actualizes realizes itself against resistance um, the teacher was saying we all came here in order to expand the mind of God and in order to do that we accepted limitations severe limitations really severe limitations and it's against those limitations or up against those limitations uh, that we realize it's um if I think just about that uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna feel a struggle and I have and um, and here's what came to me this morning I want to get it out without laughing and crying at the same time but um, since 2016 I've, I've had a real uh, block in my mind on this lesson I will there be light because it felt as if I was supposed to create something or have an experience of some extraordinary outside of me event I could not imagine I, I it's the nature of this resistance this up against feeling to not be able to imagine what that is I will there be light you know cognitive mind thinking mind says it's going to be oh, well something wonderful it'll be something you can see and walk into and um, an event totally outside this world that's what my cognitive mind was thinking in fact I thought that to such an extreme degree this um, getting thing this getting mechanism was activated in me and of course we know that the ego is a getting mechanism and God was never meant to be a getting you know it's already here it's it's not achieved by getting you know and I knew that I, I knew that I would sit in meditation struggling against this feeling I must get something 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 I must get and the getting itself became the drive and in spite of the feeling that way I knew that wasn't the way I knew it wasn't but I still did it and I thought to myself I'm going to do this lesson until I get it <laughs> and frankly it wasn't until today that I realized that was my block that was my block that getting thing was my very block and so I sat and I sat feeling my block recognizing my block and said I'll still sit <laughs> I'll still sit and I'll wait for the divine ambush 
And then I got up and went about the rest of my morning and everything that I do um, before I come down the stairs every morning saying I don't know anything. And then I went out with my dog. <laughs> and I looked at that same spruce I look at every morning. The sunrise was sparkling on half that tree. The other half was in shadow. And in that moment I realized exactly what he means when he says, here's your lesson in separation. The world does not keep you separate. You keep yourself separate from the world and have that experience that I've been waiting for all the world, all the world is already inside this heart-mind with God. All of it, every last bit of it is sanctified because it's part of God. Therefore, it's part of me. I cannot keep myself separate from the world. I looked at that spruce and I thought, it's in me. It's, it's in me. What does that mean? What does that, well, I was very happy. <laughs> I was very, very happy. And then I realized that spruce in the house behind, and as far as I can see, I love it all. I love it all. Why? Because it's in my heart. This extraordinary experience of light that I thought would come from without is already there along with all creation. I want to laugh and cry at the same time. <laughs> you know, it's not something we get. It's something, as you say, Judy, it's already given. But for my acceptance. When I first came to this call, I was so shy and so bashful. And... Um, Holy Spirit said to me, soften and attend. Soften and attend. The altar to God that's in our hearts, he said, is not a thing. It's a devotion. It's a devotion. Along with all the world, light shines on it. Remember that lesson, God's light in which I see. If I'm to see, I cannot see apart from him. God is my source. If I'm to see, I cannot see apart from him. God is the light in which I see. This altar, altar to God, is already in the heart, and it includes all creation. That's the nature of atonement. It's all one. I look out. That spruce is for me. That grass is for me. That house is for me. It's all for me. And I don't mean me as a me. I mean self. And in all those years before I came to this call and felt that extreme homesickness, I was a bit like Dorothy. 
you know, home is inside of us where the altar is and includes everything. And when I um, think it's something else, I'm simply mistaken. As far as vigilance is concerned, I remind myself that my attention, attend to me, my attention is God's treasure. What else could I want? But I'm, I'm complete. Thank you so much, Lori. Thank you. It was so beautiful. That's my favorite emotion. Laughter through tears. <laughs> oh, me too. I'm not crying because I'm sad. I'm crying because I'm happy. <laughs> oh, so because I'm so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lori. I I really liked what you. I mean, I I really um, went into meditation on what you said. That getting, that getting, you know, getting the light or getting the peace, and the shift in believing that you have it, and it's talking about that in this reading that we have to believe it fully to come into being. And that means we have to um, give up all our grievances, give up every resistance to that to believing it, giving up all of the um, illusions and the darkness that that is obscuring the, the truth, the ability to believe it fully. You know what's blocking us from believing it 100%. And that takes me back to what um, Judy was sharing a little while ago. Also, I really appreciated that, that that when we come up against these resistances, not to feel like we have to do anything and change it, but to understand that it's part of the curriculum of what's here in the moment. So how can we be in this moment and be the peace and give the peace, you know? How can I give the peace in this moment and stay in my own peace without feeling like I have to jump in to do something, which is what the ego would tell me I have to do? How can I stay in the peace and trust and just extend the peace? I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Lori, for your beautiful share. Thank you, Karen. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Excellent affirmations. Thank you, Karen. That you know, the Holy Spirit sees everybody and everything is perfect the way God created it. And I think that oh God, you know, because we're so so trained to trust what our body's eyes tell us as what is true and what is real. And you know, being a nurse and and, and Lori, I know I've heard you, you speak of this. You know, we, we have this assessment ca- capacity and we think that our judgments are correct and we're going to help, we're going to help, and we're going to help. And it's like, no, everything is just the way it is because God says so. And that, you know, it, what 
our aversion of time is, I think, comes into this because the Course speaks of it, the, 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 um, the always, already, right here and right now, what, what is past, present, and future to us is always already right now to God. So what appears to take time in our perception has already been undone and, and perfected in, in the mind of God. And the Course speaks of that, and that really helped me to settle down and be all right with it, that my part was in undoing my seeing the evil in everything that anyone has ever done, including myself. And the more that I looked at my own inventory um, and my own capacity to be angry and hateful and hurtful and judgmental brought me to the peace of letting that go and accepting the loving forgiveness of God and and trusting in that love, that perfect love that's always already available. That's just the plan. It's God's plan. And all I need to do is my own, my own little part in it, which is a little part, but when we look at each other's mistakes and errors and the historical mistakes and errors of, of the human's ego, conditioned mind, it's, it's one and the same for all of us. So uh, us all undoing it, working on it together, whatever little part we can change and heal is, affects the whole of it is the most powerful component for me of what the Course teaches and why I love it so much. Because I really do believe it. I believe it beyond belief. And I'm certain, <laughs> and I'm a fool for love and up. God, I'm talking too much. And I didn't even take my thyroid medicine <laughs> Thanks, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Well, this is Lemoyne. <clears throat> I skipped a little bit of what I intended as the summary. And I uh, here what I, uh, <clears throat> what I've called the emphasize, uh, which uh, I think is, it's, uh, it's part of the thing that you described, Maury. I mean, the, the need to get something implies you don't have it. So this is this is the judgment that is wrong. That really the answer is to relinquish it. Hence the third step here is a positive statement. It doesn't imply there's things to be vigilant against. But the method, I think, is... That is, is just to give it up, right? But, so from 95, the third step 
be vigilant only for God and his kingdom. This is a statement of what you want to believe and entails a willingness to relinquish everything else. And that this is the way in which that we learn that vigilance, you know, vigilance does require effort, but only to teach you that effort itself is unnecessary. That's uh, getting into a slightly wider orbit here. Go back to section four of this chapter where... It says in paragraph 43, safety is the complete relinquishment of attack. No compromise possible. To, to have peace, you teach peace to learn it. And if teaching someone something else other than peace, well, I have learned that. And that's what needs to be it really, if we just, you know, get the quiet reminder, it's like, you, you really, like it says in the lesson, do you really want that? Does anyone really want hell? It's like, no. And so <clears throat> the effort that's called for then is an effort to let go of what we have developed belief and attachment to. And that's the effort that's required to go beyond effort because that will cancel out the need for effort and call upon the being which we both have and are. And then that recognition is wholly without effort since it's already true and it needs no protection. It is in the perfect safety of God Therefore, inclusion is total, and creation is without it. And so, yeah, the change from an effort to get something that we think we need because we decided we're lacking, and all that, you know, that's pretty short statement of a whole lot of effort that goes on all around us really within us and the real effort that needs to be undone is the effort to hold that as salvation rather than as the lessons over and over the weekend over the last few days have pointed out like I don't know what salvation is I've busied my mind with so many other things. It really is just acceptance of what is, but that, wherever that appears to be difficult or require some effort first, that's where this relinquishment of, you know, the ways in which we divide the kingdom. That's all that's really required. And that the vigilance for the kingdom is it's like a practice. Repeat this until it's no longer necessary. And that 
really isn't necessary at all because it becomes what we have and are. And it's also where we are, and so it's available everywhere. Anyway, just wanted to speak of the effort, changing the effort from uh, getting and making to relinquishing and accepting what is um, not complete. That was beautiful. Beautiful, LeMoyne. Mm-hmm. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, LeMoyne. That was really good. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, that's what I like to say, relax. Who's got the power? Who's in charge? <laughs> Relinquishing. Thank you. I always like to remember to understand totality, be aware totally, you know, that um, everything is happening at once for everyone's highest good and that um, I don't understand it or because I'm not omniscient. I can't understand the past, present, and the future and how it's all unfolding. And it's not, my understanding isn't necessary for the truth to be what it is. And being in truth is happening eternally now, and that I'm either in peace with it or I'm not. And that's the condition for the knowledge of who and what I am. The condition of knowledge is now is the knowledge of peace, of being at peace and one with everything, because there's nothing to choose between, and there's nothing to choose instead. Oh, I just love this stuff. Thank you. Thanks, Judy. Thanks, Judy. Yeah, in paragraph you, 88, it says, by, choosing what, by, by teaching what to choose, the Holy Spirit will ultimately be able to teach you that you need not choose at all. Um, and we, I, I think that the, the value of our, of the, the power of decision, our free will to make this choice, and eventually, because that, that expands God's territory, <laughs> is that we have the freedom to choose. Um, because, it, because, it, because of that freedom, it, love is all-inclusive. Love includes everything. Um, and, and it allows everything to, 
to come to it and surrender to it, to love, freely. It's not an imposition. It's not forcing anybody because that, that wouldn't be inclusive if it was forcing. It doesn't impose and it doesn't force. But eventually there's no choice because we will be fully integrated. <laughs> we won't have to choose what to align with because we'll be aligned. I'm complete. Mm. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. That's the truth. Thank you, Sandra. Excellent. The power of peace, the power of the Prince of Peace is within me. And somewhere in the text, I don't know where it says it, but the only thing we can really truly give to one another is the freedom to be ourselves and to love one another um, and help each other to see that suffering is not necessary that it's okay to be okay with not being okay, and then everything is okay. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Thanks, Judy. That's great. It's okay to be okay. Thank you, Judy. There's this old, um, even Levine said once, it better be okay to be sick. And this is not Course in Miracles, but it, it sort of is on the same track. Better be okay to be sick, otherwise when you're sick you won't be okay. Complete. Mm, thanks, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Yeah, I get, I I I thought I had the thought that it was okay to be sick because it's equal, everything is equal, that I'm no more equal than um, a, a virus or something that needs to to be existing in my body. You know, it's, it's everything is equal in God's eye and um, that I love, I love everything equally. And without condition is is the way that God gives His love to all, and know and knowing that I that having and being all is a part of who I am. I am in the most proper, the most highest and holiest sense. Amen. Mhm. Thanks, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Well, today I'm really, really grateful for just the simple, simple understanding that I'm not in the world. The world is in me. And if it's in me, it's part of me. And um, that changes everything. The world is in me. And I'm really grateful for that. Complete. What a powerful takeaway. Thank you.
Lemoyne, when it's time, if you'd like, I have a really excellent John Rodell poem. Uh, the fellow that talked last week about the smudgy hearts. Um, got another one of those for today when it's time. Mm. One finger. Okay, great. No, that's great because I was, I have, I have a, another thought, but I'm not really sure I can shape it as something like a closing. So I'll just go ahead and spit it out. This is something from a Course of Love, which emphasizes um, what I understand to be. Um, part of that uh, maybe not missing but an implied first part of the line that says all are called but you choose to listen and before that I think it's all are chosen all are called and the way to live from that is expressed also in course of love as accept all choices and that way all are accepted now in the fullness of time and yeah I inserted now but <laughs> this is the the practice of uh, of choosing creation as it is and it's uh you know allows the uh allows the something that's framed and attended as an attack to be understood as a call for love. And it's, un, you can understand that this is just then the a brother or sister's learning choice. And I love that pun, learning choice. It's the chosen method of learning is one way to look at it, but it's also they're learning this choice and the freedom to choose is the same power as the freedom to create. <clears throat> but by consigning ourselves to choosing in the worldly sense of what we've you know, get or take or reject and throw away that uh, that we fritter away that power that is the power to create to first to (laughs) first to choose choose everything and accept uh, you know as the uh as the action of that choice to just accept what is and then release that power of choice into the power of creation. And uh, and that's the thought that I want to get out. And so, Lori, you come out for the closing. Great. What an excellent thought. Power to create. Thank you, Lemoyne. Um, yeah, speaking of vigilance, 
I really love this poem this morning. This isn't how I planned for my life to look, I whispered under my breath as I walked to my car. Tell me about it, an eavesdropping cloud replied to me from above. I looked up and watched the cloud billow between looking like a dove and an open hand. The cloud continued. It used to be a snowfield in Montana. It used to be a dewdrop kiss on a lily. It used to be a puddle in a parking lot. It used to be a river in Mexico. It used to be a glacier. I used to be a waterfall. A waterfall mist in a jungle. It used to be so many things. Doesn't that make you sad, I asked the cloud. It used to, but not anymore, the cloud replied while wrapping herself around me like a scarf. I don't think either of us were created to stay the same our entire life. I'm not sure I can let go of my old life, I sighed. Oh, you simply must, the cloud whispered in my ear, because once you release what you used to be and embrace who you are meant to be now, something amazing will happen, the cloud said. What's that, I asked, while looking at my hands that were beginning to billow and shapeshift. You'll start to float. And with that, my feet lifted off the ground. Vigilant only for God and his kingdom. Amen. Really love that poem. Thanks, guys. Thank you. That was beautiful. Thank you so much, Lori. I loved it. Thank you, Lori. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lori. Would you share that with me? I want to share it with my friends. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I sure will. Uh, thanks for that elevation, Lori. And thanks to everyone who's here, who read or listened, just listening, or um, who, who shared through the call. And we'll continue with the after call, but for now, find the button. Oops, button here. I'll end the recording.